a desert planet with twin suns. Cassian Ander. This is what revolution looks like. People are standing up. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. And welcome to this week's and or review and breakdown. We're breaking out episode 10. And I really, really love this episode. So I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. And I have spoken. I have spoken. Like always, I'm going to start off with my non-spoiler review, followed by my full spoiler breakdown review, and then my vision segment where I go into some theories I have about the show moving forward. Um, so with that said, my non-spoiler review is this may be my favorite episode so far. The stakes were high, the story of the last couple episodes culminated very well, and I was simply on the edge of my seat the whole time. There was no shortage of rousing, powerful moments that brought a huge spectrum of emotions, and I really just didn't want this episode to stop, and I really can't wait to see what the last two weeks have in store. So, with that in mind, I don't feel like I can say much else without giving some spoilers, so this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Let's dive in. Uh, like in previous weeks, I'm going to be breaking down each of the sort of individual storylines. Um, there were certain ones that didn't really get touched on in this episode, like Cyril, Deidre, or Dedra, and really the Ferric storyline. But there's a little bit of ISB and, and Ferric, so I'll start out with those. And I'm going to build to Narkina 5, which is obviously the crux of this episode. But um, So it's going to be a little out of order as far as when these events happen in the episode but I'm just breaking it up by the storylines. Uh, the ISB don't really have much to do in this episode. They are mainly just continuing to try to trap uh, Krieger and his men by baiting them with uh, their dead pilot and a supposedly malfunctioning ship that they are instead uh, staging. Um, and then on Ferrix, Sinta and another mysterious man are watching Marva's house, and we learn that Marva isn't taking her medication. That's really it when it comes to that side of things. Um... Mon Mothma. She has a meeting with the thug mentioned by Tay in the last episode named Davo Skolden. And ultimately, what he wants in exchange for doing business with him is for his son to marry Mon's daughter, which, and to which he says a drop of discomfort may be the price of doing business. Mon dismisses this explicitly, but Davo seems to think that she's considering it. Um, and... This will kind of show us the lengths that Mon is willing to go to and the sacrifices she is willing to make on behalf of the rebellion and her cause, which I find rather interesting and think that we'll get some cool payoff moving forward. Luthen Rail. He has a meeting with a mysterious associate who Clea seems wary of, and this mysterious ally turns out to be the ISB supervisor that we've seen in the background named Lonnie. Luthen drops that he knows about his newborn daughter. He lies about his connection to Aldani whenever they have this cryptic um, interaction in a uh, elevator. Lonnie tries to warn Luthen about Krieger. He wants Luthen to Luthen to warn him and his men to prevent them from being slaughtered, but. Um, Luthen doesn't want to give any indication that they have inside information and potentially put Lonnie at risk. And so he decides to not help, help Lonnie, saying that he's worth more than the 50 men that they'll lose if they don't warn Krieger. 
um, for the sake of preserving his credibility. Lonnie wants to back out because of his family, but Luther reminds him of his vow and his commitment to the cause. Lonnie has felt alone and is tired of working his way up the imperial ladder in such an isolated environment, and he asks of Luthen what sacrifices he's made after hearing of his own sacrifice. And may I just say, I need to applaud Andy Serkis and Stellan Skarsgård in this episode because they are both absolutely incredible. Luthen considers this question, and he gives this amazing speech about how he sacrifices comfort, love, and peace. These are some quotes of his. He says, I share my dreams with ghosts. I'm damned for what I do. I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. Chills on that line, by the way. He's very aware of the brutality of his tactics. Um, He says that I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. He knows that he's working towards something far bigger than himself, something that he'll probably never experience. But he's doing it because he believes in that cause, but also because of his ego, he says. And on the topic of that ego, he acknowledges that he likely won't ever be recognized for his actions. He ends this with, what do I sacrifice? Everything. And he tells Lonnie that he'll stick around because he needs all the heroes that he can get. Man, I just tip the hat, tip of the hat to Stellan Skarsgård for that performance. It was really, really well done. Um, Narkina 5, The Prison. This is the last plot line that I'm going to be going over in this episode, but it's a, it's a hefty one. I, first, I have a correction from the last time. The Empire made a mistake and sent a guy from four back to two. They didn't do it intentionally, but they fried two shifts to keep it hush-hush, and obviously that didn't work. Um, so that was an internal error that um, ended in the death of 100 men. Uh, so that's terrible. Like I said earlier, Andy Serkis is absolutely amazing in this episode. He's been amazing so far, but he just has such a compelling and and really amazing story arc for his character um, throughout this the last couple episodes, and it culminates really, really well. He gave an amazing performance in this episode. He plays Kino, the guy who um who's the the manager for Cassian's floor. It's just so good. Um, I mean. Yeah, no, it's just, it's so good. Kino has the respect of all of his men. And the scene where he screams, no one is getting out, is so amazing. Where he gives his little speech to the people in their bunks. The music and the speech, everything was on point. And just that line, I'm going to assume that I'm already dead and take it from there. And that's their mentality going into this. It's like, I'm going to die either way. Might as well die. Well, Cassian has this a better quote that encapsulates encapsulates it better. Um, so I'll, I'll wait to read that. The escape, the escape plan feels very feasible and well thought out. You can see the, method, the methodology of, of it and just how really detail-oriented they were in making their observations of what, um, like, the, the guards' sort of habits and predictability. Uh, Cassian... 
underscores the fact that they need to leave fast because they will realize, they being the Empire, that they don't have enough guards and they will get more. And just that idea that power doesn't panic and that they have a legitimate shot. Every day that we wait, they get stronger. And then this is the line that I was talking about. I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. Ugh. Come on. That's just amazing. That's the rebel mantra. We're not just going to lie down, show our bellies, and move on with our lives. We're going to, if we're going to die, we're going to die fighting. It's just so good. We see payoff for um, Cassian taking a file to the pipe. On the previous episode, we see that the pipe burst is meant to short out the floor whenever they try to fry people. Uh, They utilize the lack of of guards and the predictable checks to the floor to make their movements. Um, And also, I'd like to point out, I had this theory that some of the guards were rebel plants. I don't think that that's the case anymore because it seems like the strange behavior of the guards when Cassian was first brought to the prison wasn't an infiltration. There were just too few guards to keep... On, like to keep on schedule with the new arrivals. So when they showed up late, I kind of thought that maybe they had like jumped some of the existing guards, put on their uniforms, and that's why. No, there just aren't enough of them, and there are several. There are seven, seemingly seven levels of prisons to go through, and they just don't have enough people to um, keep in circulation. So that's a pretty interesting note. Um. Let's see, we have Zal and Ham starting a fake argument to pull guards' focus while Cassian uh, wedges a piece of pipe in the um, the lift to keep it from moving. Uh, then they climb using the platform when the new man comes down. The men on the floor throw spare parts to allow for two men to scale the structure and take down the guards, and they use the tables to avoid getting fried. Um, so, like I said, all very thought out, which is super cool to see. Various people are dealing with the um, the impending escape attempt in different ways. Taga is panicking, saying that he's just going to play dead, and that's that's it. And Cassian's like, "Hey, that's not that's not the right mentality." Zal and Ham are committed. Jem is acting like a concerned dad. When the new arrival comes, everyone plays their part very well. The plan seems to be very well communicated and well organized. You see people like holding things behind their heads when they're on program. Um, it's, it's really, really well done. Uh, the casualties are high because they're like fish in a barrel. Um, it's like they just keep... They're, they're, it's very... They have a distinct disadvantage because they're out in the open and these guards up on the platforms have guns. So um, even with the floors out, they have a distinct disadvantage on the floor. Um, but obviously, eventually, Cassian gets the upper hand and uh, is able to take out the guards and then they start systematically taking out the different floors. And I just love the joy and the unity of the men escaping. That was just so awesome. Uh, Cassian's table mates are, uh, seem to be the leaders between Jem and Ham um, and Taga even, even though that he was kind of panicky early on. And then once they get to the top level, they being Cassian and Kino, Kino inspires the inmates. He obviously doesn't really know what to say at first, and begins to be overcome with his emotions, but Cassian nudges him along. And this is that idea of we will never have a better chance than this. He finds his stride and starts a rousing chant, one way out. It's, oh, chills. I'm telling you, there's so many just 
chill moments. Like, it's just, I, uh, it's so good. Such a good episode. The remaining guards hide in, like, a storage unit or, uh, like, a maintenance closet. Uh, the doctor escapes with the other inmates. And then at the very end, we learn that Kino can't swim. And we really don't know what happens. We see all these inmates jumping out of the facility into the surrounding water and swimming towards land. But what happened to Kino? What happened to Kino? I need to know. Because I was I was really hopeful that they wouldn't do the thing where he's like so close to freedom and then he gets shot. I didn't want that because that, that trope seems pretty overdone. But now we just don't know what happened to him. Because obviously we know that Kino's character isn't in any of the future stuff. I, do, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But then the episode ends with Cassian and Melshi running together across either snow or sand away from the Imperial patrols in the background. And that's how the episode ends. As far as my review, it's rare for me to feel the same magnitude of emotion when watching an episode for the second time to make these reviews, but this one made that happen. Kino and Luthen provide such moving emotionality to their roles. Uh, the relief and hope of the prison break was very cathartic. Every part of this story felt necessary and compelling, and I can't praise the writers enough for that. I really just can't wait for more. That's really all I have to say about that. So without further ado, let's dive into Visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. I'll ask the question again, what the heck happened to Kino? I really need to know. I need him to be okay. If he got recaptured, I'm going to cry. Like, that's going to be the most devastating thing. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Is Kino's going to get recaptured by the Empire because he wasn't willing to take the leap because he can't swim? But we'll see, I suppose. I think that Lonnie is either Luthen's son or brother or some sort of blood relation. I'm assuming son, just by the way that they interacted with each other and that Luthen repeated twice, I've thought about you every day or something along those lines. I think that that's going to be the revelation and that's how they were connected already. Um, I think that Mon will consider or continue to consider Davos' proposal more and her daughter will find out in some way and it will continue to tear her family apart and just show just the toll and the, and the cost of her commitment to the cause. I think that the prisoners in the Narkina 5 prison were producing parts to use to make the Death Star. I don't know why I haven't said that in previous weeks, because that's been my thought since Cassian first got there. Um, but better late than never. I've seen that theory floating around, but I figured I'd say it myself. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that would make sense. I mean, that's why that they're trying to keep the goings-on at that prison relatively secret internal um i don't know i think that, that makes sense we didn't touch on dedra cyril or ferrix all that much i'm sure we'll get more in the coming weeks we got two more episodes and i really can't wait for it i think it's going to be a great time and um yeah love this episode it's just been consistently really solid content it's very different than something like the mandalorian but i'm here for it um oh side note I, I'd like to praise the 
the people in charge of the show for adding a lot of aliens to the underground of Coruscant whenever we see Lonnie going to meet with Luthen. There were a lot of aliens. I've been complaining about there not being enough aliens. That continues to be a gripe just because I feel like they could have done more with the prison, but, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Um, this is a very human show because it's a lot more grounded than a lot of other Star Wars, so I can understand, but still. That being said, that's all I have to say for this episode. I really, really loved it and hope that y'all enjoyed it too and that I could provide some sort of... There wasn't a lot of Star Wars-y stuff to go over, but it was still a fun episode to to look over and, and recap with y'all. Um, that being said, that's all that I have. Make sure to follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, at Twin Sun Talks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast. And find us wherever you get your podcast by following, um, or follow and listen wherever you get your podcast by searching Twin Sun Talks. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for uh, our in- next installment of our boot camp next Monday, second to last episode of uh, our and/or reviews next Wednesday. And then we should have an ability to speak. It's going to be a busy week, so if I can't get it out, then we'll have to push it a little bit. But there should be an ability to speak next Friday. I'll keep y'all posted on that. That being said, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I'll see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends. <laughs>